So uh, the mission trip, we'll talk about that real quick. Uh, like Jim said, it's going to be July 13th through the 23rd. You know, everybody's welcome to go. We'll do fundraisers so you don't have to worry about the money. Don't worry about your age. Don't matter young, old, they'll have something for you. I promise you, it's an exciting, very exciting adventure. Uh, getting to go to the ark, it's just awesome. You know, we've all got excuses why we can't go. But that's just Satan. So pray and ask God to lead you on this decision and don't let the excuses that we have stand in your way. But we do need to find out pretty quick how many people are going because I looked the other day and it's starting to fill up and they only have a limited amount of spots that we can go or that they'll take. So there's a few weeks that are already completely full and they already got a waiting list. So we need to know by, by the end of February at the latest so we can reserve our spots. So we'll get started. Will you please stand? We're going to read Isaiah 58 verses 1 through 12. It says, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast, shout aloud, don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins, yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation, but they would never abandon, but they, that would never abandon the laws of God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending that they want me near. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you do not notice. I will tell you why, I responded. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? What, what kind, this kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is not the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work, who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will, will quickly heal. Your goodness will lead you forward, and the glory of the, the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your fingers and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and, keep, and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden in an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities, then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Will you pray with me? My Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and thank you for this opportunity just to come together and just to worship you. Father, I pray that your word will just resonate into our hearts and our minds, Father, and that uh, we'll get everything that you have, we'll receive everything that you want for, to give us in this message, Father. Father, I just ask that you just remove me from the situation, Father, and just let your words flow through me. I love you and I praise you. And I ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So a couple of weeks ago at one of the meetings, we started talking about Ash Wednesday and Lent. And then at the last fellowship meal, 
there was people talking about what they give up for Lent. Now, see, I didn't come from a church that ever observed Lent, so I heard of it, but I didn't really know about it. Kind of like a lot of people know of God, but they don't really know God. So I know it's coming up next month on February 22nd, but I had a very vague understanding of what it really is. And I don't want to be a part of something or observe something just because the church does it. I want it to be something that's meaningful to me. So I wanted to dig into it, learn about it, understand it, and let God lead me on what to do. So I read many articles about it. Some articles supported it, some didn't. One article even said that uh, the lady gives up gossiping for 40 days. And my thought was, well, you're going to give up sinning for 40 days and then go right back to it? It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. So I studied the history of Lent, and I found out that it first became a tradition at the first council of Nicaea in the year 325. It lasts 40 days to symbolize the 40 days that Jesus fasted in the wilderness. But there is no mention of Lent in the Bible. And although there are many stories in the Bible about fasting, there's no command to fast. However, there is scripture that suggests that Jesus does expect his followers to fast. Matthew 6, 16, he says, when you fast, not if you fast. And in Matthew 9, 15, he says his followers will fast, not might fast. So after spending a lot of time studying, reading, doing some research in it, I still had no clue on what I should do. So I spent some time praying and listening to God. And what God revealed to me was that many people do it out of tradition. And if that's why I was going to do it, then I don't need to do it at all. But if I was going to do it to truly grow and deepen my relationship with him, then I needed to do it, but I needed to do it right. It didn't need to be some half-hearted fasting just from something just so I could say that I gave up this or I gave up that. It needs to be something from the heart, something that I was truly having to deny, deny for myself, something that I was giving up and using the extra time to draw closer to God. It should be something that I fast from in order to take my eyes off the desire of the flesh and to focus them on God. For example, if I was to, fo if I was to fast from social media and I took that time just playing games or watching TV, then it was pointless and I wasted my time. But if I, take, if I decide to fast from social media and I spend that time reading the Bible, praying, listening to God, or going out and being a servant, then I use that time to grow closer to God. You see, in Matthew chapter 12, the Pharisees are questioning Jesus about his disciples picking wheat on the Sabbath. And Jesus responds to him by quoting the prophet Hosea, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice. See, if we're just observing Lent, observing Lent is only useful if it's carried out through love of God. Otherwise, it's just empty mockery. You see, God cares more about our hearts than our rituals. So today I want to talk about some examples of fasting. But before I do, let's look a little closer into what fasting is. The Christian fasting is the act of intentionally abstaining from food or a regularly enjoyed good gift from God to focus on a period of spiritual growth or deepening our relationship with God. In the act of fasting, we humbly deny the flesh to focus on and glorify God, become more in tune with His Spirit, and to go deeper in our prayer lives. Fasting is a way to demonstrate to the Lord that we are serious about Him by fixing our eyes on Him. It is not intended to punish the flesh, but to deny it to better focus on God. It can reveal to us our true spiritual condition. So now we'll look at some stories about the Bible of why they fasted. So in 2 Samuel, 
we know that David has had an affair with Bathsheba while her husband Uriah is at war and she becomes pregnant. So David sends for Uriah to try to trick him to make him think that the baby is his. So when that fails, David has Uriah sent to the front lines of the battle so that he, in order to be killed. So the prophet Nathan comes and he tells David a parable of a wicked man and asks David what he should do. And he said, well, that man should be punished. And Nathan tells him, well, you're that man. So then he tells David that the son that, the son that him and Bathsheba would have would die. So in 2 Samuel 12, 16, it says, David therefore pleaded with God for the child. And David fasted and he went in and lay all night on the ground. See, David pleaded with God for the healing of his sick child. And although God chose not to spare his life, the fast served its purpose in bringing David closer to God after being separated by sin. The Bible says that after David received word that his son had died, he got up and worshipped. You see, his intentions of fasting weren't to get what he wanted, but to be reconciled with God. And then in Ezra, chapter 8, verses 21 through 23, it says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Havana, that we might humble ourselves before our God, to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all of our possessions. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road. Because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of God is upon all of those who seek him, but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated for our God for this, and he answered our prayers. Ezra had proclaimed a fast for the temple servants that were about to make a 900-mile journey through some dangerous and difficult territories. You see, he didn't want to ask the king for an escort because he had already told the king that, that God looks out for those who love him. And even though they knew that God would protect them, they didn't want to take it for granted. He wanted to humble himself and those with him before the Lord, showing God that they understood that they were completely dependent on God for his guidance and protection. If we look at Daniel 10, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understandings of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. See, Daniel knew of the promise of the return of his people to their land. And he knew that Jeremiah had written that God would not allow them to return for 70 years. And the 70-year period was coming to an end. Daniel fasted and prayed for the forgiveness of the sins of Israel, and he asked God to show him a vision to answer his prayer. And God answered the prayer by sending Gabriel to give him understandings of the vision. And in Jonah, chapter 3, verses 7 and 9, says, And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh. I've always called that Nevaeh until the other day when Mary told me I was wrong. She didn't really tell me I was wrong. She just said it right, and I figured out I was wrong. So, by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, and do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn or relent? 
and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. So we all know the story of Jonah, that he was swallowed up by the whale. See, Jonah was told by God to go preach to these people. And this is a very important town in Assyria. But it was a very powerful and wicked city. The city was guilty of evil plots against God, exploitation of the helpless, cruelty of war, idolatry, prostitution, witchcraft. Jonah hated and feared this place so much that he ran from God's calling on his life. And it was only after spending the after his three-day journey in the belly of the whale that he preached the word of God to these people. And when, when they heard the prophecy against them, they fasted and turned from their evil ways. See, Judges 20, 26 through 28, says, Then all the children of Israel, that is, all the people, went up and came to the house of God and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening, and they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. So the children of Israel inquired the Lord, saying, Shall I again go out to battle against the children of my brother Benjamin, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into your hand. See, at this time, the, Israel was at war with the tribe of Benjamin because of a wicked sin that occurred. The men of Israel had originally just wanted the men that were guilty of the sin, but the tribe of Benjamin refused to hand them over, which made the whole tribe guilty. So the men of Israel marched out against the tribe of Benjamin and lost 40,000 men in the first two battles. Then the men of Israel humbled themselves before the Lord and fasted, asking for guidance on whether or not to continue the war. In the New Testament, we look at the books of Acts, have two, two examples of fasting when making important decisions. Chapter 13, verses 2 and 3 says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said to them, now send to me Barabbas, or Barnabas, and saw for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and they sent them away. And in chapter 14, verse 23, says, So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commanded, commanded them over to the Lord in whom they had believed. When, fast, when fasting while seeking an answer on an important decision, you are showing God that his guidance is more important than your own thoughts. Humbling yourself and denying your natural desires brings you closer to God and allows you to better listen to his word. And of course, we know that Jesus fasted after he was baptized. Luke 4.1 says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. Jesus had fasted in order to prepare himself for his ministry. Jesus knew that the work ahead of him was going to be very hard, and he wanted to draw closer to his Father. When we fast, our body grows into a weakened state where we can focus on the basics of life and hear God's voice better. 2 Corinthians 12.9, Paul quotes Jesus, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. As we become weaker, we depend more on God for our effectiveness rather than our own strength. So we looked at several different stories of people fasting in the Bible for various reasons. Whether it's for guidance with a tough decision, forgiveness of a sin, humility, to break the chains of the demonic bondage, or to just go deeper with your relationship with God, fasting should always come from the heart. Matthew 6, 16 through 18 
says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to, to, me, to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to be fasting, so you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in a secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. It's very important that we understand our motives and the purpose behind our fast. If we're only doing it because it's a tradition or to tell other people that we're doing it, then we really shouldn't have anything to do with it to begin with. Seeking an earthly reward or thinking that it's going to make you more righteous or holy doesn't come from the heart, it comes from pride. So after a lot of praying and asking God's direction, God's revealed to me what I should do or what he wants me and my family to do. And I strongly encourage everyone in here to seek God on what he wants you to do during the season. Ask him to make sure that your heart is in the proper condition. Ask him to show you if there's any sin in your life that you need to deal with so that it doesn't hinder your walk. And ask him to reveal to you if and what you should fast and how you should spend your time growing closer to him. Remember, Lent is not about following the tradition of the church. It is a personal choice that you make in order to grow closer to God while preparing for the upcoming Easter celebration. Will you please stand? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Father, I just pray that your message will just resonate into our hearts and our minds, Father, that you'll just speak to us. Father, I pray that you'll prepare each one of our hearts for this upcoming season, Father, and just show us what you want us to give, or what you, what you want us to give up, Father, and just how we can spend more time with you and how we can grow deeper with you. Father, like the song says, I'm desperate for you and I'm lost without you, Father. I just pray that you'll just come into our lives in just a supernatural way that we just, we just can't even explain, Father, and that your light will shine, and Father, that our lights will shine through this whole community. Father, we love you, we praise you. I ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen.